You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 21, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 165 and X-Men number 103 from November 1976. Welcome to the 21st episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and have some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Speaking about my friends, let's see who's here with me today. First we have up, Jarrett Albrecht, the yard sale artist. That is a prescription for danger. A.K.A. Death Probe. What's up? Well, Dad, I think I think we need to talk. I mean, this podcast started out it was just you and me, and I was feeling really good about it. And then we started bringing in other podcasters. You started spending time with them. And just, I don't know where our relationship is. So, <laughs> if you would like to go with me to say the planetarium, we can discuss oh, this. Yeah, is there a laser show? Pretty sure there is. I promise not to leave me though. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right. Now, I was told you two were broken up. I'm just <laughs> throwing that in there. Easy flash. Slow your roll there, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we'll work it yeah, out. This is between sure. me and him. This is an A B. <laughs> ABC conversation. <laughs> you better see your way out of here. <laughs> That's pretty uh, close. I guess I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Speaking of, I guess, well, might as well bring him in now. It's Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick. How you doing, Pat? I'm feeling pretty good here, and it's been a long day at work. I had to wear my big boy clothes, but now I'm uh, back in my podcasting room with my team and surrounded by my comic books and James Bond memorabilia, and all is right with the world. Got cats in there? <laughs> no, no cats. I've shut the door on the cats. They'll probably be rioting any minute. Scratching at the door now. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, let us in right now. I'm going to tell mom. What are you doing? <laughs> well, let's see who else is here with us. Hey, you think you just heard his voice? That is Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. I have something in common with the comic book tonight. I had my house broken into and I got smacked around and I got ticked off and I turned into a lizard. Mm. Mm. I was concerned on the first two steps of that. Mm-hmm. And then the third step, I just had a bunch of questions. <laughs> Look, it's, it's a direct parallel, and we don't really need to go any further into it. Let's just get into the show. Did you lose your arm, though? I said no more questions. <laughs> no more questions. Direct parallel. Let's just go. Who's going to put the door back on for you? <laughs> no more questions. It's very simple, right, Jared? I was like, no more questions. And you're like, I got questions. I'm like, I don't care. As I said, no more questions. Well, your story's so interesting. Uh, all I can do is think about questions. <laughs> Stop uh, thinking about questions right. now. Of course, you're going to think about nothing but questions. Well, I think with that, then we probably should just move all right along and get into it to see how your story ends or maybe begins. Why don't we take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. 
come in, Aaron Moss, codename Head. I have an important mission for you, son. I need you to podcast about G.I. Joe, a real American hero, the comic book series previously published from Marvel Comics, currently being paid out by IDW. Um, which issues, uh, General Hawk? Issues, my son? You're going to cover the entire run, plus the yearbooks, special missions, order battle, everything, along with the cartoon. Wowzer, sir. That's a mighty large mission. That's why I'm assigning you several other Joes as they're available to help. And uh, how do I report my findings? Monthly at our main site, gijoe.headspeaks.com, on iTunes, and Stitch Radio. Submit your report under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Uh, anything else, sir? You can get further information on the social medias, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, all under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Dismiss, soldier. Yep. Yes, sir. And now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode, and that is Amazing Spider-Man number 165. We're going to go through some credits right now from Mike's Amazing World of Comics for this issue. The publisher was Marvel. Got a cover date of February 1977, with an on-sale date of November 9th, 1976. Cover price is 30 cents. The editor and writer is Delvin's favorite, Len Wein. Penciler, Ross Andrew. Inker, Mike. Say it with me now. Espadito. Espadito! Espadito! Next, we have letter is Joseph Rosen. The Color Me Bad colorist is Glennis Ween. You can follow along with us if you want to, or just listen along. But if you do, you can find the reprints in Essential Spider-Man Volume 8, Trade Paperback, or also on the Marvel Unlimited app. And we hope that you do. Cover credits go to penciler John Romita. Inker is Frank Giacoa. Let's go ahead and get to the cover description. And that's going to be Jared. Here we go. The Marvel Comics group banners and white letters on a red background on this one, and Spidey is still standing in the corner box on a blue background. The ever-classic Amazing Spider-Man logo is yellow letters with red highlights and no webs. The main action of the cover shows Stegron, the dinosaur man, knocking Spider-Man back into the jaws of a dinosaur skeleton that has been brought to life. Even in the almost literal jaws of death, Spider-Man manages some exposition, saying, the dinosaur man has restored these skeletons to life, and your friendly neighborhood web-slinger is going to be their first meal. A square cover blurb on the bottom states, there's mind-bending mayhem in store when Stegron stalks the city. And that about covers it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that bone-chilling description. (laughs) Oh, God. Do you have one more? There we go. I can't wait till we get to like the 90s wraparound cover so you can go, that's a wrap. <laughs> Oil double embossed oh, wrap yeah. right there with a die cut cover. Ooh, can't wait. I missed those. Well, let's get some quick cover thoughts on this. We'll start with Jared. It's a cool cover. It's got wacky things going on. It's got a lot of color. It's got a lot of movement. Might be a little too busy, but eh, it's still a lot of fun. I like the action. And again, I like the color. What do you say, Delvin? I don't like Stagron. He's lame. <laughs> and so that already kind of just made the cover kind of eh for me. For whatever reason, there's like a dinosaur skull that's lit up. Eh. And Spidey's kind of in a weird position. I don't have anything great to say about the cover. Jason? I like the action. There's a lot going on on the cover that makes it interesting. The colors are nice. I think what really pops to me is actually the dinosaur itself. I think that that's pretty well drawn, actually, with a lot of detail. And I kind of like the yellow aura around it as well. I have no idea who Stegron is. You're not missing anything. Okay. I was going to try to 
feel you out based off of your response about Stegron, and I think I get the gist of where we're going here. But, you know, I think that if I had to sum it up, I'd say lots of action on the cover, well-drawn, lots of tension, but really a, a C or D-list villain knocks it down a notch or so for me. How about you, Pat? I think I'm kind of feeling like everybody else on this one, where this is just kind of a, eh, it's okay cover. Unlike you, I don't know who Stegron is. You're not missing yeah. anything either, Pat. Yeah, I read it, and I'm like... <laughs> I'm not missing anything here. <laughs> um, I do agree with Jason, though. I think the dinosaur really stands out. I don't know where the webs are. Are they there again or they're not there because of the black? I'm assuming they're not there. I've never steered yeah. you wrong. Well, you know, I got that that one time. We were kind of unsure. I was yeah. sure. You were unsure. Well, that's what I said. I mean, we're not here to point no. fingers or take blame. But we will. But it was you who was okay. wrong. <laughs> I'll accept that. <laughs> Welcome to the Petty Just Podcast. I'm your host, Sheriff. <laughs> This is the passive-aggressive section of that. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're wrong, just that I'm really right and you're in the opposite direction. So, with that, I think, why don't we just go ahead and get to the cover ratings. The ratings are a 1 through 5, 1 being it ruffled your tummy feathers, 2, you didn't like it, 3, you liked it, 4, you really liked it, or 5, it tickled your tummy feathers. You loved it. Let's see what Jared thought. I'm going to give it a 3. Mill Road cover, like I said, I like the color, I like the action, but it didn't really blow my skirt up, as they say. So, three. Delvin? I also give it a three. I didn't hate it. There was just nothing great about it. Jason? It's going to be pretty vanilla this time, fellas. I'm giving it a three as well. Technically, it's very well drawn, but it's nothing that really sets it apart to, to make me go four. What about you, Pat? I'm going to go with you guys as well. I'm going middle of the road. It's a three. Because of the art, I'm moving it to a three. A 3D it's rainbow. A 3D <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike. <laughs> Mediocrity in the yeah. sky. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some of those, I guess. Yeah. Not everyone can be a... They can't all be yeah. a champion, but it's a yeah. good one. That's true. Sometimes you got to eat the filler, whatever that means. I just made it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know what it means, but I like it. <laughs> it's a proof, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that on a shirt. Sometimes you got to <laughs> eat the filling. Sometimes you got to eat the filling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that at work this week. Wise words from Pat. <laughs> well, let's get into the synopsis for this issue. And that's brought to you by Delvin. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had... In effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. Thank you. 
the title is Stegron Stalks the City. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's not the problem. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. You just get, get those laughs going, you know, that muscle working, so to speak. <laughs> I think Stegron is lame, and I think that Transformers are not. So I'm going to work all five Dinobots into the synopsis in under two minutes. Yes. Passing by an installation, a bored Spidey listens to a buzz from his Spidey sense and crashes into a facility where Stegron ambushes him in the sludge of darkness and escapes with some sort of doodad. Turns out this facility was a shield building and the agents there think Spidey is in cahoots with Stegron. As if. Spidey escapes. The next phase of Stegron's plan takes him to Dr. Kurt Connor's apartment where Stegron swoops in, steals Kurt's stun, and threatens to mail him back bone by bone unless Doc builds a device for Stegron using the doodad Stegron stole. Naturally, Doc Connors agrees. Peter runs into Flash and confronts him about Flash's gallivanting with MJ. Flash says, my bad, and isn't happy that MJ kind of used him to mess with Pete. Flash thinks MJ is a slag. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson furthers his plan with Dr. Marla Madison. I have no Dinobot pun to put here. Pete and MJ meet for a date and finally have the heart-to-heart they've needed to have for many issues now, but haven't because both have had a grimlock on their own stubbornness. They come to a peaceful resolution. Good thing because Stegron attacks by using the Kurt Connors doodad to animate dinosaur bones. Yep, I told you about Stegron, right? Lame. Spidey is kind of beating Stegron's tail, pun intended, when Stegron drops a building on Spidey and escapes with Spidey having no clue on how to find Stegron. Finally, the stress of all these events turns Doc Connors back into the snarling, powerful lizard who vows revenge on the dinosaur man for taking his son. Me, Delvin, crush the synopsis. <laughs> I like your Grimlock there at the end. <laughs> I love it. Nice. It was very strong. You were very, that's the strongest one that there ever was. <laughs> Very brilliantly done, Delvin. Thank you. Really transformed that synopsis into something <laughs> more than meets the eye. I'm that was one prime synopsis. <laughs> I don't get. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't know what I would do without your synopsis. <laughs> you deserve a Megatron load of applause for that synopsis. <laughs> Starscream. Something. Something ravaged. <laughs> you took my bumblebee. <laughs> Wait, is that illegal? (laughs) Watch out now. Oh, well, speaking of tickling our bumblebees, let's go ahead and get to the bric-a-brac. Your segues are awful. (laughs) (laughs) They're meant to be. (laughs) I know, I love it. (laughs) Let's get to first read or reread. It's a first read for me, Jason. First read for me. How about you, Delvin? It is a first read for me. Jared? Look up in the sky. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it a butterfly? Awesome. Yay. We achieved rainbow status. Why does this crack me up? We do it. Because it's fun. I'm looking forward to always having a reading rainbow. It's awesome. As we move down these Spideys, man, we're getting closer and closer to Spideys I've read. I'm I'm dreading it. That's okay. Lie to us, Jared. Lie to us. (laughs) Lie. Do it for the rainbow. (laughs) Well, speaking about lies, let's get to some highs and lows. And let's start with... (laughs) (laughs) Bad segues is now... Oh, my stomach. Oh, 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 I got (laughs) to (laughs) crap. What, that didn't work? Uh, not even close. I mean, speaking <laughs> of not working, let's segue into this book. <laughs> you did that. Oh, my God. Oh, I, had, I have to stand up. I'm still, I still got to crap. 
Oh, you got a cramp. Oh, got our first podcast injury because of your stupid segues. <laughs> and now, stupid segues with Pat. Oh my god! Ooh. Speaking about stupid well, segues. Well, don't. <laughs> Jason, what's your highs and lows? Even though I didn't really know who Stegron was, I still kind of enjoyed the book. I guess my main low—I'll just get this out of the way—is at the beginning of the book. I didn't really understand why Spidey felt compelled to like smash through the skylight because his spider sense was acting weird. I would have thought that maybe he would have had a little more—I don't know—stealth than that. It didn't feel real Spidey-esque to me. I agree. He didn't have a reason, right? You know, Spider-Man like, don't need no reason. Stiggles, <laughs> Kool-Aid Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> just bust through <laughs> the roof. Yeah. Spider-Man wants so, to do it, that's why he does. You can't stop it. <laughs> I guess that is a good point, but I would think that he would be a little more, just a little more stealthy, a little more investigative and less just jumping in. And I don't know, it just didn't feel right to me, I guess. I'll just, and I'll just leave it. At, it um, says it right there it, in the beginning. He was heading home when his spider sense started uh-huh. to tingle. It's a long day of work. He's just trying to get home. I get oh, it, man. but I still don't understand why he got to bust through the sky. <laughs> like, he, could, yeah. Yeah. he could just ignore it and said, you know what, I'll punch in and get this tomorrow. You know, Maybe I'll crawl stealthy up and look in the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tactically, it seemed like a dumb move, and Spider-Man character-wise, it just didn't feel right. And then I talked a little bit about, I don't know if you counted as a low, but I didn't really know who Stegamon was, so I'm still not sure how I feel about that character. But those are kind of the two lows for me. There were a lot of highs, though. I thought Kurt Connors reverting back to the lizard was cool. I always liked Kurt Connors and the lizard character. Those are always kind of interesting because they're characters that aren't necessarily evil. They're not villains as far as playing and take over the world and their alter egos are kind of friends to the hero so it's kind of like you know the man bat batman situation you know kurt langstrom type of thing and here in marvel you've got it with kurt connors and the lizard so those villains are always interesting to me so i think the lizard's cool and glad to see him come back it was cool that Peter stood up to Flash. He finally, instead of just being a passive-aggressive emo guy about this whole thing, you know, just said, hey, man, this isn't cool. He cutting in on Mary Jane like that. And of course, Flash was getting sung a different tune by Mary Jane, and he and Pete were able to work it out, and Pete felt a little embarrassed. But I was still proud of Pete for finally stepping up and Flash doing the honorable thing. Although I think that Flash probably should have talked to Peter first before he started pursuing Mary Jane. I don't know, it just seemed like bro etiquette from back in my day. So that was my second thing. And my third thing is, I'm really interested in what J. Jonah Jameson and Dr. Madison are up to. Yeah. That's really got me curious. And I like J. Jonah Jameson interacting with Dr. Madison. They're both kind of surly in their own way. And it's kind of a fun back and forth between them. I'm sure they're up to no good, at least no good for Spidey. But it sure is entertaining and interesting to watch as that develops. I just think he, he stopped um, so by to get his hair dried or something like that. <laughs> his mustache. <laughs> Those were my highs and lows. Delvin, do you have anything you want to add? I got a couple highs. I thought it was a very good resolution to uh, Mary Jane and Pete. Also, like Jason, like the uh, Flash-Pete confrontation on both sides, really. Pete kind of stepped up and of course, can't just go fist blazing, but it was kind of like, that's my girl, dude. Lay off or there's going to be trouble. He was very upfront about that and Flash was like, yeah, dude, I'm not after like at all. So, very good resolution. It took to the issues in, but Lizard showing up and it made sense. I thought Lynn paid 
paved the way very well for that. And so I'm excited to see the lizard next issue. That's cool. Low, this is kind of going to be a repeating theme here. Stegron is lame. He bores my face. So how lame is he? He's not a mort lame. He is one note lame. Like, oh, Stegron's around. Oh, let me guess. Something, something dinosaurs. (laughs) Cool. How many issues is this story arc? (laughs) I think they had reference back to like a Marvel team up issue with Daredevil where we first see Stegron or something. And I was like, I don't even care. (laughs) I'm not not going to go look. So now after I've given some crap, I'll build them up a little bit. At least in that, the book was very much 70s, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't it kind of wacky? There's a dinosaur man who animated dinosaur bones. That's wacky and goofy in 70s and very much kind of that Spidey type adventure of that sort. So I'll give that much credit. Even though Stegron's still around today, he definitely seemed like kind of that perfect kooky villain for the 70s. That's all I have. Jared, what do you have? Well, pull up my list of highs and lows. You want to guess how many? 75. Um, 47. It was 75. Oh, come on. <laughs> I think you guys saw this coming, and if you listen to the show for a little while, you might know that Jared likes wacky things. So Jared likes Stegron. I'm the only, well, I think I'm the only Stegron guy here. I don't know if you've heard from Pat yet. I like Stegron. I know he's wacky. I know he's over the top talking dinosaur man. I don't know how he got his powers or anything, but I just think he's fun, and it adds kind of a break of zaniness. Yes, it's 70s zaniness, like Delvin said, but when you've got a character like that's got a life in him, life finds a way, and they spared no expense at bringing him into the book. Are these Jurassic Park puns doing anything for you? <laughs> oh, I, I'm getting it, yeah. That was a long walk for those puns, but I genuinely do like Stegron. I'm not so sure about the, I have a ray gun that can bring skeletons to life, but whatever. Comics, right, I guess. To be honest, I thought about that too, but I literally was watching on Netflix, catching up on Flash, the TV episode, and they had the exact same storyline in a modern day Flash for TV. So I was like, hey, it's kind of hypocritical if I'm enjoying it here and I'm going to pan I've it learned that, in the comic. I've learned that if Hammerhead can be a ghost and come back from being that way. <laughs> Anything. Yeah, anything. <laughs> that was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> a ghost that couldn't hurt anyone. As a reminder. <laughs> Anyways, dig on Stegron. It was fun. What I'm most excited about, I think Jason, perhaps Delvin, sorry if I forgot who brought it up. Most excited about Lizard showing up at the end. I want to see some hot Lizard on Lizard action. Usually got to pay double for that. And much like Jason, I am. I heard you very... pay the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Do the maniacal laugh. See how it feels. <laughs> How's that? Too evil. pretty good. Too evil. <laughs> and a little pitchy. <laughs> Don't have a whole lot of else original to add. You guys hit the highs and lows. I love Marla. I want to see more. That's it. Hit it, Pat. Give us your dino thoughts. Well, I don't know who Stegron is, so I was hoping I could get a little more information, and Delvin kind of has provided that along the way. Everything that you need to know about Stegron, you know from this issue. Okay. Dinosaur Man wants to bring back dinosaurs. Where did he get his powers? I don't know. Did Connors have something He's, to do with it, too? I don't remember the origin of Stegron, because Stegron isn't a major villain of Spidey, and even Spidey was laughing at him during the book. <laughs> I guess that's one thing is it didn't even draw me enough to go search it on the internet. Oh, no. So it looks like you're the only one in that boat, Jared. Yeah, I like the wacky yeah. things, and that's just what that's I do. That's all right. Everybody's got to have their likes and dislikes, you know. I mean, we have somebody whose favorite comic book character is Stiltman, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know a guy who likes Stiltman. Like, Anything's not, possible. Not ironically, either. Like, actually likes him. Well, maybe by the next issue, well, maybe it might grow on me, Stig Brown. Yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, one thing I'm starting to notice in this issue, they say that some other stuff going on in Spidey's other book, The Spectacular Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I may need to start to find that to get some of those so I can kind of, you know, know what's happening. Because I have a feeling that that's kind of way it's going to start to be again. Issue to issue and the story's mm-hmm. going between them so you can figure out maybe what was the reason why he was coming home. Was he coming home from some another area? That, that's why he was trying to crash through that window right away? I don't know. I think that Spec Spidey came out right around the mid-70s. Yeah, and so This one's in sync with issue two. Yeah. yeah, so they're trying to hype up the book. You know how mm-hmm. it goes. I mean, there was a second Spidey book. They at least with two books made an effort to tie them together, but you don't have to read the other story. It'd just be a want. You yeah, know? and that, that's what I think it is right now. It's, it's kind of a want. I'm interested. I cool. know a guy who has a full run of Spectacular Spider-Man that he absolutely did not steal and paid for it. <laughs> Is that too many details? No, name no just, just, I hope you weren't sitting still when you did that, or if you were, that you were grounded. <laughs> There's a story there. But anyway, these are Pat's highs. Yeah. <laughs> I like Connor and knowing that the lizard is coming. So I'm excited for that at the end. Otherwise, I think this story, was there some action? Maybe having that low-level character or low-level villain was all right to have. Because I think the really better part of the story is Peter and MJ and working out that difference there. I'm nodding my head. Yes. To me, that was the most important part that happened in the book. The human elements yeah. outshadow the action to me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I agree. We've been harsh on MJ in our past synopsis, and she's gotten a few lows from us with that behavior. So it was pretty interesting to actually see them address that in the book. And that scored some points with me as well. Like I said, I was surprised that Park got into it. And like Jason said, how he stood up the Flash. And then he kind of stood up to MJ too. And then they kind of worked out their differences. I'm hoping going forward to see how that romance will blossom again. Yeah, that's about it. So I think with that, why don't we go ahead and find out what the silly Spidey moment was. Let's start with Delvin. It actually made me laugh out loud when Spidey was fighting Stegron and kicked him and that whatever he was holding fell on his head and he told him that he had enough on his head as it was. That was hilarious to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. To me, the whole fight, he was like, oh yeah, Stegron. Yeah, Stegron's a complete joke. <laughs> it was just kicking his butt all over the place and then had that perfect pun. So I enjoyed that. Jason? You stole mine. I thought that was a funny moment and I'll just add what made it even funnier was that he punched him like right in his tummy feathers so we had a tummy <laughs> feather shot and the funny line that you mentioned so same scene for me oh wow interesting what about what you Pat? i'm going to go with stegron it's kind of throughout the book what i found was kind of funny is the way he talked continuation on his s's and so as he would talk whenever he would say as they do some extra s's and i'm thinking every when i read that i'm like he's saying <gasps> this is a family oh, show, man. He was going and he was bleeping out the comic. <laughs> Redacting but it. In my mind, and, and that's just where my mind went when I read that word. I'm like, well, that doesn't make, well, wait, I see what they're doing. <laughs> but I like the way he talked. When I was reading it, trying to do that voice in my head was kind of fun. Jared? Not a lot of funny stuff in this book, but I did like the part at the very beginning where Spider-Man and Spider-Sense tingled and he just busted in that room of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents like the Kool-Aid man once again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was oh, just like, yeah. like, what? <laughs> Ready for the beat down. He, he pulling my brother Jason, just going in, cowboy in it, doesn't care, does what he wants. And as a bonus, he gets kicked in the tummy feathers on the next page with the sound effect of chud. Chud. <laughs> and that's just fun. But yeah, not a lot to pick from, but I did like him just going in guns a-blazing for a reason that he himself did not even know yet. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's like he just did it to be wacky. And I remember thinking when I first read, I'm like, Jameson's right. He's a freaking menace. <laughs> he is a menace. He didn't. He had no business breaking into that building at all. It wasn't right. Naughty, naughty, Peter. <laughs> That's right. I think a bonus one that was was kind of funny too is when they were carrying their conversation on in the planetarium. And people were getting sick of listening to him back and forth. I think they, I think the people in that planetarium kind of uh, mirrored the thoughts of of the comic book readers. Like, oh, come on, man, work this out. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good one <laughs> so, too. <laughs> oh. Uh, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about your brother, let's go ahead and get to the ratings. Oh, we're going to just do a rating of this issue from a one through five. One, it ruffled your tummy feathers. Two, you didn't like it. Three, you liked it. Four, you really liked it. Or five, it tickled your tummy feathers. Let's go to Jason. I'm going to give this one a four. I really liked it. The Stegron character, I was still kind of undecided on him, but I think it had a lot of really good heartfelt moments. It had some humor in it and the action was there too. So I think all the elements of a good Spider-Man story were there. The only thing that stops me from even giving it a five is the villain. I think if it would have had a better villain, I might have even gone a little bit higher. So I'm going to go with four. I really liked it. All right. Delvin? I actually agree a lot with Jason. I just shifted it by a point or a tummy feather, mm. if you will. I was almost going to give it a four because I really enjoyed the human parts of it and I enjoyed knowing that Lizard is coming. Both of those things are super cool. Stegron is not. And because Stegron isn't, he <laughs> the book gets a three for me. Jared? Why don't you just guess what I'm going to rate this book? He liked it. I oh, Oh, you're giving it a five. I'm not going to give it a five. It's four. We didn't talk a lot about the art. It was great. The story is very Spider-Man relationship, planting seeds for things in the future. Hot lizard on lizard actions coming our way. It's a four. <laughs> I'm going to give it a three. I liked it. Silly head. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's bold word there. Oh. Mm. <laughs> you want to go? You, you call me <laughs> out? Let's go, bro. Let's go, silly head. <laughs> I think you're in the camp with Delvin. Yeah. I think it's Team Albrecht versus Team Cool Guys this time. Why is there a team Pat's on Cool Guys? <laughs> Why isn't Pat's it? Pat's pretty it's cool. You cool. gotta. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Like, speaking of cool guys, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about X-Men. Yes, let's do that. Oh, we can. Let's go ahead and do that right after this break. But before we go, if you got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter and Facebook page because we really enjoy it. And later on in the show, you'll understand why. We'll be right back. A long time ago on a spinner rack far, far away. From 1977 to 1986, Marvel Comics published comics based on the blockbuster movie hit Star Wars. Hey, I remember that comic. But Star Wars was not the only comic Marvel published based on someone else's property. Really? Tell me more. I will. I'll tell you much more in podcast form. Marvel's Cosmic Comics, a podcast covering Marvel's license publishing during the first Star Wars era. Like what? Well, Star Wars, of course. Of course. And Micronauts. Classic. Rom. Space Knight. Better than it should be. Shogun Warriors. No idea what it is, but it sounds awesome. John Carter, Warlord of Mars. I've heard of that. Star Trek. Motion picture era, in it? Godzilla. That was a comic? Man from Atlantis. So, Aquaman. Jack Kirby's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Wait. Really? That's a thing? A human fly. What? Uh, he was a real-life stuntman. You're just making stuff up now, aren't you? I wish I were. And there's much, much more. Anyway, join comic book fan, collector, and writer Ben Avery as he explores the good, the bad, and the ugly of Marvel's licensed sci-fi comics. Marvel's Cosmic Comics, found wherever you catch your podcasts and on the web at comicbooktimemachine.com.
Welcome back from the break. Now it's time to get to the second issue of this episode, and that is X-Men number 103. Let's get to the credits for this, and that's again brought to you by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Got publisher of Marvel, cover date February 1977, with an on-sale date of November 16th, 1976. Cover price is just 30 cents. Editor is Archie Goodwin. The writer, Chris S. Claremont, Esquire. Esquire. Penciler, Dave Cockrum. Inker, Sam Granger. Letterer is John Costanta. And the Color Me Bad colorist is Janice Cohen. Is she as Color Me Bad as Glennis, well, though? Yeah. I just don't want you to cheapen the name. That's all. But then we'll have to think of another Color Me. She's in living color. <laughs> yeah. I would prefer What's your favorite color, baby? We should keep going right. <laughs> Yeah, we should Let's go ahead and find out where you can follow along with us in some reprints. First off is Classic X-Men number 11 from 1987. Second, you can find it also in the Marvel Masterworks Volume 12 of Uncanny X-Men Volume 2. You can also find it in Essential X-Men Volume 1 from 1996. Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 1 hardcover from 2006. Otherwise, you can also find it on the Marvel Unlimited app. Follow along with us. Let's get to the cover. Cover credits are Dave Cockrum. And that's all we have right now for his Dave. So I don't know if he did both the ink and the... Mm -hmm. I think he did. Very cool. Speaking of him doing it, let's go ahead and have Jared tell us how he did it. (laughs) Smooth. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Our glorious Marvel Comics group banner is yellow letters on a black background and our corner box has the floating heads of Banshee, Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler all on a mint green background. We're still fairly canny, though, because the title still reads All New, All Different X-Men, which is in yellow lettering with blue highlights. The main action has Juggernaut and not African-American Tom defending a castle tower as they are being attacked by Banshee, Nightcrawler, and, uh, mm, yeah. Jared. Oh, uh, it's Storm. The cover banner simply states Death Siege. Back to you, Pat. Thank you, Jared, for that very awesome cover (laughs) description. I'll take it. (laughs) But let's get to some cover quick thoughts on this. Let's start with Jason. I looked at this cover for a long time, and I mean, there's solid action on the cover, and it accurately reflects what's happening in the story, but just something seems off about it, and I can't quite put my finger on it. I was hoping maybe Jared could help me out. I don't know if the ink seemed a little rushed. I don't know. Just something seems to be off about the poses of the characters. Jared, what do you think? I mean, do you agree, or am I off base here? I agree. There's no background involved, which you don't always have to have one on a cover, but it makes the composition weird if you look at it straight on it looks like the tower is falling towards you yeah yeah that's what I'm yeah tilt, tilt the comic so the tower is straight the image looks a little better to be honest with you so if you like tilt it to the right 30 okay. degrees or so it looks a little better so yeah it's composition is just a little weird i'm like if you're gonna go with a tilted angle go all in on a tilted angle when you go kind of eh, a little tilted then it just everything feels a little off and i think that's what you're feeling that's what i get from it it kind of just reminded me of when you have those old color forms and you just put yes. characters wherever. Yes. Yeah. That's the, feel, that's that's the feeling great, that I got. Yeah, it's a great comic. It does feel like you just color form that cover. So, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it does have a uh, storm showing some leg and some thigh high boots. So, oh, yeah. what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. 
Let's not go crazy. Uh, Delvin, go ahead. So I like the storm cape. The cape looks cool. And, you know, there's action. But just like you guys, for some reason, the whole thing seems weirdly static. Mm -hmm. And there's action. You see Nightcrawler crawling, even though it's at Juggernaut's feet. So that strategically doesn't make sense. And Banshee's on the cover doing God knows what. (laughs) (laughs) They put the words Death Siege. What? (laughs) What does that even mean? Wait, wait, Delvin, Delvin. Death yes. Siege. <laughs> oh. Oh. Death Siege. <laughs> you just got to say it like that. Death Siege. See? Yeah, there we go. Oh. So, oh. So, Death Siege. I mean, if that's not a movie that should star either John claude Van Damme or yes. Steve Seagal, yes. I, yeah. I don't know. What. Hey, Williams, I was three seconds away from it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so far from this cover we have, if we tilt it 30 degrees to the right... <laughs> Focus only on Storm. Focus only on Storm and remove Death Siege, then it's a five. Okay. <laughs> Pat, Pat, what do you got, man? I agree with you guys totally. There was something that I was off with it as well, and I think Jason got it right as kind of the color form, so you could just kind of place your figures wherever on this background, the static kind of background. Color-wise, I like it. I think the colors are pretty good. It makes things kind of pop out. Just as a side bit of trivia, I do have a Superman Man of Steel comic that came out in like the late 90s that actually was a color forms cover that you could mm-hmm. place the guys. I remember that. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Well, in Image comic books came out with a chloroform cover and it just puts you right to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Delvin's heating up the second half of the show. (laughs) Fired strikes. Oh, stealing my Van Damme Seagal jokes. (laughs) Oh, it's not stolen if you get there first, I guess. Jared, did we get your thoughts or we did? Yeah, we did. okay. I could talk more about the storm if you'd like. No, oh, let's yeah. keep, <laughs> okay. keep it family friendly. Let's go ahead and get to our cover ratings. Ratings again is going to be a one through five. Let's see where we are at. Let's start with Delvin. Middle of the road, sir. Right. Three, three of five. Jason, I'm going to agree with Delvin. It's a three. Jared, I'm going to disagree with Delvin and Jason and give it a three. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? Never mind. We're good. Let's go. All right. It's a death siege three. It's a death, <laughs> it's a death siege. I'm going to be the tiebreaker here. I'm going to go with the three. 3D rainbow. 3D rainbow. And I was kind of wondering, boys, like, would this, where would this cover fall? It's a tie with the Spider-Man one, too. I can't believe that. We're just threes today. Threes company. <laughs> We'll be waiting for you. We'll be waiting for you. I think we just, you know. We did both verses of three. (laughs) (laughs) We just had a three's company moment. You don't get this type of entertainment from other podcasts, folks. (laughs) I think we we just had our first three's company rating. (laughs) You just made another uh, long box first. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to to the short synopsis here. Well, I'm doing it, so it'll be a synopsis. Let's go ahead and get to a long synopsis. (laughs) Truth and and advertising. Love it. (laughs) 
you're listening on your on your iPod or your iPhone, just take you to the kitchen, start making your sandwich now, and <laughs> you'll be ready for the rest of the show by the time you get back. Just make sure you All right. swallow correctly, because if you start laughing on, we're not liable for any problems that it may cause. We've been no, told we're... there's been some issues in there's the past. Been some issues. Mm-hmm. We've had some issues lately. We need to put that disclaimer out there. All right, Jason. With that, go ahead and synopsisize for us. Cyclops, Storm. Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants. Feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect, these are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents The Uncanny X-Men. When we last left our band of merry Marvel mutants, they had all been captured by the dastardly duo Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy. All that is, except an unconscious Nightcrawler who is rescued by a group of leprechauns. Our story opens with the revival of Nightcrawler, who quickly establishes an alliance with the mysterious creatures. Nightcrawler learns from his new friends that Black Tom and Juggernaut intend to torture his friends in a dastardly attempt to lure Professor Xavier into a trap. The cunning mutant uses his newfound ability to blend into shadows to sneak into the chamber holding his friends. He then uses his image inducer to fool Black Tom and the Juggernaut into thinking he's Xavier. When an enraged Juggernaut charges the phony professor, Nightcrawler uses his phenomenal agility to easily move out of the way. This causes Juggernaut to accidentally break through the wall and free Colossus, Storm, and Wolverine. Retreating to the battlements of Cassidy Keep, Juggernaut and Black Tom challenge the freed X-Men to a duel to the death, or a diss. Siege. And they threaten to kill the still captured Banshee. While Storm attacks the castle's automated defenses, Nightcrawler once more uses his stealth to sneak behind the villains and free the sonic screaming mutant. In a no-hold-bards melee, the forces of good and evil go toe-to-toe, and Black Tom and Juggernaut eventually go over the cliffs of Cassidy Keep into the sea. With our heroes victorious, the final panel in this issue reveals that there's a master plot afoot to prevent Professor Xavier from meeting a mysterious alien princess. The mastermind behind said plot reveals that he has enlisted another adversary of the X-Men to help him achieve that goal. A man called Magneto. Bump, bump, bump. Back to you, Pat. Uh, Pat, Pat, this ham and cheese is delicious. (laughs) Hey, pass me some. There you go. I made a PB&J while you read it. (laughs) That is a man of many talents right there. Well, speaking of a man of many talents, let's get to the bric-a-brac of this episode. (laughs) You know, they're starting to make sense to me now, which which is really freaking me out. (laughs) You're on my wavelength now. You're on my wavelength. We get each other. But speaking about getting each other, let's go ahead and find out, is it a first read or a reread? We'll start with Pat. It's a first read for me. 
Jason? Uh, it's a reread for me, Pat. Oh, Melvin? You son of a <laughs> family show. You not good person. You. There we go. Silly head. Silly head. Yes. Silly, silly head. head. Rereads are for chumps. <laughs> Rereads are for people who read it before. Yeah. That's the literal definition of it. It's not a good joke. <laughs> So, it's a first read for me, Jared. It is a first read for me. All right. Well, it looks like we got three out of the four. I'm a song blocker. <laughs> Speaking about song sing. blocking. <laughs> talk about Let's talk lows. about the highs and the lows. <laughs> we'll go to Delvin. I thought it was a very cool reveal of Kurt's blending power. So, he is, by definition, a true night crawler. And that's very, very cool. It's also very good action. The reveal of Storm cutting loose, it was something that was hinted at. It was anticipated. Uh, and it was delivered very nicely to where she, of course, made the a very big contribution to the fight because she was able to finally get free and relieve herself of that toxic level of claustrophobia that she has. The low, I am very, very glad that they fleshed out Wolverine eventually because the Wolverine or Logan of today would never call Storm abroad. I mean, and he did it twice in his book. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You are a jerk, sir. You do not call Storm abroad. And I'm not even, you know, on that Jared psychopathic level about That's right. That's right. That's what <laughs> I like it's a bad thing. No, I'm not. I'm just simply noting the psychopathic behavior. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> I did not like Logan calling her that. And so he got what he deserved when Colossus pitched him on the other side of the castle. That's all I have. Pat, what do you have? Well, I do... Uh, agree with you on that Wolverine. I don't know when he's going to change. Hopefully it'll be soon. Does anybody know? Maybe Jason knows when he gets to be more Wolverine-y. <laughs> I think, honestly, <laughs> it's a word, you know, it's a word. take it to a serious comic book geeky moment. I think that for me, it's coming up. And for me, it's the issue, and I don't remember the issue number. Okay. Fans are probably screaming at me right now. We'll get to it, but it's part of what's leading into the Dark Phoenix saga. Mm. It'll be in a fight with Hellfire Club. There's a part in there where Wolverine has to fight alone. And I think that's the start of a turning point where we see him go from just kind of this obnoxious little runt to being a true asset and a true teammate for the X-Men. Kind of chasing down a road here, Jason, but I'm just interested in your input. As a guy who just touches on the X-Books here and there, I always felt like Wolverine moved into his more teamworky, maybe fatherly role with that Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries. I would definitely agree with that. The Wolverine miniseries shows you more of an in-depth, complicated character and the Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries is where he really starts to become a mentor to Kitty Pride, which carries on in the comics today. In today's current X-Men universe, Kitty Pride is a leader of the X-Men, and he follows her willingly. He's still very much a father figure don't to for, her. Don't forget to add, Jason, Kitty Pride is a very capable fighter, and it is because of Wolverine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wolverine had a tremendous impact on both her development as an X-Man, her development as an adult, and definitely in her skills in hand-to-hand -hand combat can be directly attributed to Wolverine. Cool. Thank you for that very thoughtful insight. That's one of the things I like in reading this through. We can see the character development. Even in this issue, you see Kurt gets this newer power that he just discovers. It's kind of interesting. It's been fun for me going back and reading these again. I've probably read some of these stories a few times, but this is different. Having this podcast has really enabled us to kind of talk about it. And I see things a little 
little different hearing your guys' input. I'm noticing things about the characters that I didn't really appreciate before and saying, oh, that's really cool how this was laid out here and how it's played out over the years. So, so yeah, it's, this has been fun. Mm-hmm. I guess the lows, the leprechauns, were they needed? <laughs> well, I can scratch that one off my list because I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Begara, I'm Seamus O'Shenanigans. <laughs> Good God. Any more Irish cliches, Chris? <laughs> Someone stole me lucky charms. I'll add a kind of a bad. So the leprechauns who quote unquote know everything were the ones who knew that Wolverine was called Logan. That's kind of a weird way to yeah. uh, leprechauns know, but the X-Men didn't. Eh. And then the battle was all right. Eh, it could have been a little bit better. Is there something that you wanted to see that would have made it better? I have an answer for that. Go ahead. Mine had to do with Storm. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I thought you actually sure had a call good me answer out. for it. No, I was only kidding. I don't like to interrupt you during your highs and lows. <laughs> Again, this was kind of an all right issue for me, just like the previous Spider-Man issue as well. It was a decent read. We'll go to Jason. Needed more Storm. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we touched on it. I thought this story was pretty cool that back in the day, it's when Wolverine's name was revealed to be Logan, even though the Leprechauns were revealing it was a little weird. I really liked Nightcrawler and how he used all the tools in his arsenal to single-handedly face off against Black Tom or not African-American Tom, as we call him, and Juggernaut to rescue his teammates. It was a good use of his newfound shadow power and his ability to use his image inducer to fool the two villains that enabled him to actually turn Juggernaut's power against him. And I thought that was really cool. I thought the fight between Black Tom and Banshee was actually pretty good. That was fun. I was wondering why Cassidy Keep has ground to air lasers, but I'll just yeah, I'll I was let like, that Where did that go. come from? And I guess the one thing that really bothered me is there wasn't any interludes in this story. It was pretty much straight up action all the way through. Maybe it's just me, but what I wanted to see, what I was hoping my ticket would get me, was Colossus and Wolverine versus Juggernaut. Yeah, and I got that's like, it. led up to it like, now it's time for a rematch. And they got like one panel. <laughs> and I was like, I get two panels of these middle-aged cousins whose powers don't even work <laughs> on each other going hand to hand. If I get one panel of Colossus and Wolverine versus Juggernaut, ah, I wanted my money back on that fight. But those were my thoughts. What do you think, Jared? I would say my high is I've always liked the Nightcrawler blend-in power, so that was cool, but that also leads into my low, as he never walked into a dark room in his entire life. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> it's like he oh. just notices now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or better yet, the only thing I could think was like, or did it just develop during that? So maybe it was like a secondary mutation that just yeah. developed. That's what I told myself uh, in order to avoid oh. that ridiculous thought. So you can believe that, but you can't believe Hammerhead could become a ghost. <laughs> Look, don't get crazy, Pat. <laughs> I don't understand how Hammerhead went from ghost to human to ghost. And I nope. don't, still don't understand why Hammerhead is a ghost. Nobody did. Maybe he just yeah. regenerated a power new generation for Hammerhead. All right. I'll know. stop well, interrupting. Let, let Pat's go. interrupting my turn. I have never interrupted his turns. Oh. <laughs> 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 
Anyway, speaking of developing people's powers, not necessarily power, but a skill set, I believe this is where it is revealed that Aurora Monroe Storm is quite the lockpick. And I thought that was neat because I've always known that's one of her little powers, too. She's a, a good lockpick. and can get it out of a jam. Came into play in the story. She's a master Ooh. thief. Mm-hmm. Indeed, she is. Yeah. She's very stealthy and sneaky and lockpicky. She's also unlocked the key to Jared's heart. Mm-hmm. And probably other body parts, too. And then she signed her name across my heart. I want you to be my baby. Sorry, 80s song. Most people don't remember. It's Terrence Trent Darby. Come on. Oh, Ray for Delvin. <laughs> Oh, I feel so happy now. I'm going to smile for a second. Hang on. <laughs> All right. Another low. I thought it was weird how Juggernaut just straight up dived into the ocean. Yeah. Oh, man, it's my buddy. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was just weird. It was like Chris Claremont got the end. He was like, hmm. We're going to get rid of this big guy. Super powerful guy here that could probably beat them all. If I was writing that, I would have had Storm go the full Fury of Storm. We all know she's a powerful mutant. She could have taken him out. Several bolts of lightning, some hurricane winds, and she could fry his butt to the ground. So I think that would have been cooler. But hey, I didn't write it. It looked like that Chris needed to bring the story to a sudden end. It did end suddenly. And it's almost like, okay, yep, we got to the new X-Men on their solo adventure. That's kind of what I wanted. Cool. In, out. Let's go. We will revisit Black Tom Juggernaut later. I could see Juggernaut diving after his friend who appears to have been maybe killed by Banshee because Banshee once again, makes no attempt with his ability to fly <laughs> to save somebody. To save someone. Left Thunderbird on the plane, left Black Tom. <laughs> this guy's his family too, isn't it? Yeah, that dude's his family. Didn't the mate on no cousin, yeah. Oh, I gotta, you gotta <laughs> give it to him. He stuck to it. <laughs> he watched the falls and oh no. <laughs> hey, I didn't do it for that guy. I'm not doing it for you. Well, Speaking about comments, let's go ahead and get to Jared's remaining comments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think the most important thing is when I saw the leprechauns from the get-go, I think we all thought this, saw them on the very first splash page and thought, oh, shit, it's Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good callback. I go. waited there so go. long for that joke. <laughs> 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 That's it. <laughs> Speaking about Bill Will Baggins, let's go and find out who went the extra mile here. <laughs> well, Bill Bud did go on a quest, so the extra mile thing kind of makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. My segues are great segues. They're getting better. Yeah. I don't care. Delvin, who went the extra mile for you? And- I got to give it to Nightcrawler. They revealed his cool new power. And if it weren't for his very quick thinking, Storm never would have gotten free to do her thing. And the others wouldn't have gotten free either. And between this issue and last issue, Nightcrawler showed even that he isn't the physically strongest one, that he might have the biggest heart of all of them. So the extra mile goes to Nightcrawler for me. What about you, Jared? I'm going to give it to Juggernaut. Delvin and I have been friends for almost a quarter of a century. If he felt off that tower 50 feet in the ice water below I'd be like <laughs> he did he did <laughs> <laughs> throw him a life preserver or something I mean I wouldn't have gone full banshee I wouldn't have been like oh no <laughs> I would have tried to grab him <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I would take that plunge man so yeah give it up for the juggernaut what do you think Pat I'm gonna go with night crawler night crawler <laughs> you don't have to see him he hides in the dark <laughs> 
Nice. I'm liking it. Jason, how about you? I'm going to agree with you and Delvin. I'm going with Nightcrawler all the way. Man, Nightcrawler got lots of votes tonight. Yeah, he uh, came back from a serious beatdown. He was resourceful. He used all of his powers to best ability and turn the tide and save the team, in my humble opinion. All right. Well, speaking about Jason's humble opinion, let's go ahead and get to some ratings. (laughs) That would work. (laughs) It's a one through five rating system. It's a one, you hated it. Two, you didn't like it. Three, you liked it. Four, you really liked it. And five, you extremely loved it. Jared, what's your rating? Kind of stuck between a three and a four. Uh, I give it a three, but it's a strong three. It's my weatherman three. All right. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Delvin? It ended abruptly, but I'm still going to give it a four out of five. And here's a very uh, good reason. I notice we haven't mentioned in several issues how wordy Chris Claremont is. Mm, good point. That's a solid point, Delvin. Because he hasn't been. And he's packed a ton in these issues in Cockrum, and he is still sailing along. So a lot got accomplished. We got to know about the X characters more. And so even though the battle ended abruptly, that was my biggest complaint about the book, and that wasn't enough to knock it down from the high perch that these books have been on. So, four out of five. What about you, Jason? I agree with you, Delvin. I'm going to give it a four as well. If they would have had more of the Juggernaut, Wolverine, and Colossus fight, that might even push it up to a five for me. Maybe getting rid of some of those Leprechauns might have pushed it up to a five, but you hit the nail right on the head. It's been a solid story arc. We've learned more about the characters. It's working for me. It's a four. Pat, bring us home. Jason, I am going to say this to Jared. Welcome Welcome to the Cool Guys team, Jared. Oh, Team Cool Guys! Team cool guy. I'm going to give it a three. It's a three. It's a three. 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 All right. It's a three D rainbow. All right. <laughs> Uh, So it looks like we're split on this one, fellas. So either you're on team two cool guys. Or or team not cool guys. (laughs) Team Weasel Web. Yeah. Team Weasel Web. I like Weasel Web. Go ahead out there, folks. Chime in and tell us what side are you on. Are you on team Weasel Web or on team two cool guys for this issue? We got to know. Why don't we go ahead and give this issue a wrap and be right back. In 2011, the irredeemable Shag and Aqua Rob Kelly teamed up to create the Fire and Water podcast. In 2016, they teamed up with Ryan Daly, the Franklins, and Siskoid to form the Fire and Water podcast network. A network built on teaming up needs a show about team-ups. Marvel team-up. Yes. The brave and the bold? You know it. Marvel 2-in-1. It's clobbering time. DC Comics presents... Of course. Supervillain team-up? Good idea. Youngblood X-Force? Mmm, technically. FW team-up, coming this summer, only from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment we call Crusader Comments. Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next episode. But let's get rolling in to all those fine folks out there on social media that liked, shared, or retweeted our posts for last episode. And I will kick things off with Downtown. 
Brown, Jeffrey Brown. Sherlock 28. Aaron Head Moss. Adam Chambliss. Thank you, yeah. Delvin's buddy. And we left our comments with Al Sabano. Got to get it. I got, got to get it. Alessio Chiappi. Anthony Wild. Friend of the show. Our beau. Yes. Sutton. Bill Bear. Bob Rowland. Bob Zombus. Bradford William. Brian Tannehill. This list is full of Delvin's friends. <laughs> Bronze Age Babies. Charles the Tuck. The one, the only, Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Let us Clinton Robinson, Cuckoo Cachoo. Coffee and Comics. Comics in the Golden Age. Dan Novellan. Don Piperulongo. I think I nailed that. Close enough. Another buddy of mine, Frank Doggett. Thanks, Frank. Gene Hendricks. Green Lantern HG. Follow that up with Hal Jordan. Oh, yeah. Follow that up with Ivan Chutley. James Charles Huntley. Javier Rivera. Jeff Boone. Joe Thomas. Good old Joe T. Joe T, man. He did our intro music. Yeah. He's a musical genius. Joey Galvez. John White. Jonathan Schaefer Hames. Jose Antonio Ravila. Julie Jansen. Love you, baby. Keith Bricker. Kirk Spencer. Love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Skinkis Art. I had my last one, but I lost it. Uh, oh, here it is. Lost in Time. Luis Santos. Manuel McCall. Manuel Merlo Garcia. Oh, I'm going to give this one the old college try. Melis Karajianis. There we have Mac. Michael Allen Carlisle. Turn out the back. Once again. Oh, my God. You know, he'd be back. Mitch Tart. He's a little sour. <laughs> <laughs> he just pops in there. <laughs> Neil Layden. Nick a Nick. <laughs> Can you say, you know what, just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> that just sounded a little. Yeah, let's just keep going. Nick. <laughs> that didn't help. That somehow was worse. <laughs> it's our friend Pablo. Paul J. Morris. My friends are showing up in force for this one. I'm so proud. Yeah. Bill Coors. I don't think half of these are his friends at this point. He's picking don't, random don't, names. Don't put the word out and uh, his friends return. So I thank love you, it. Delvin's friends. I'm a Delvin's like loyal army of friends. I'm in his laugh or laugh. I like laugh. <laughs> Laugh's better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I'm the lucky one gets Professor Frenzy. Rad Adventures. Thank you, Ruth and Darren. Rob Moore. Robert Atkins. Keep the Roberts rolling with Robert Charles. And who can forget Robert Hobbs? How can you not love Ronald Rump? Rump Shaker. <laughs> they call me Rump Shaker. I think he's president of Scooby-Doo's universe. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get the pleasure of old school Ross? Ross mm -hmm. show. Baby's got a secret. Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. And we got Steve Hogan. At one point we just had a regular bound, but now we have super bound. Da -da 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 -da. We also have that brown coat. Shiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. And then we have the Marklar. Tim Hansen. Timmy. Did I tell you guys I have a Hansen? Yeah. Hansen you did. We all believed you. Well, the next contestant, come on down, because Tim Price is right. <laughs> <laughs> we have Trekker Talk, which we think is about Star Trek, but I'm pretty sure that Ruth and Derek would say, damn it, Longbox Crusade. We're not about <laughs> Star Trek. We're about Ron Randall's Trekker. 
And then we have Wasim. The dream. We're going to end it here with Wolverton, Thief of Impossible Objects. He's Wolverton. Wolverton. He's a thief of impossible objects. Intriguing. Luckily, I keep my impossible objects right over. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I got yours too? Yeah, no kidding. I'm going to dig down to the mailbag, pick out a comment. Each one of us are going to pick some of our favorite comments from last episode, episode 20, where we covered Spider-Man number 164. Thank you, Pat. So we got a comment here from Ross Michaud who may or may not be Canadian Daredevil or Canadian Kingpin. It's all very confusing, but he says this cover gets four stars. Two stars per Kingpin chubbin cheeks. <laughs> Hashtag team cool dudes. I don't know yes. how you give it four stars and go with cool dudes when it was team dark web that gave it the higher star rating than the cool dudes. He What's saw that? me and just immediately assumed that I would be a part of team cool, team dudes. cool dudes. Yeah, I mean, I I was on Team Dark Web. I thought I was cool. It's confusing. Just as confusing as Ross's identity. But thanks for writing in, Ross. So I'll read a comment from our old buddy head, Aaron Head Moss. He says for the cover, he is Team Dark Web, which was a firm three. So there we go. So I Ross or Aaron is confused. And I think in this case, it's Ross. But he did say two stars per cheek and they gave it a two. I don't know. We're reading too deep into this. But I like Aaron's three and it's firm. Everyone likes it firm. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of liking it firm, I'm going to grab this Ian Anthony Gerardo quote where he says, Spidey's reaching for the king's pin. And I'm going to say in the coin purses, too. (laughs) Well, I'm going to choose one from Joey Galvez. And Joey says, awesome episode, fellas. I almost fell off my ladder at work laughing along with you. Keep up the good work. Well, Joey, make sure you do ladder safety there. What's funny is this is the second time we've had someone almost fall off a ladder because Paul Hicks was cleaning out his gutters and he almost fell off, too. I'm assuming there was a ladder involved. But if he's in Australia, would he fall up? Yeah, he would. Okay. (laughs) That's how that works, right? Mm -hmm. They don't fall down under? (laughs) No. Good one, Pat. Good one. It looks like we're still tied, fellas, with the yeah. four stars or three stars. I don't know how we resolve this. Death Siege. Death Siege. <laughs> death Siege. Come and see our Death Siege on Sunday. Your ticket buys you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. <laughs> I'm going to pull out just one more comment before we move on from our good friend, Ryan Weekly. Oh, I'm sorry. It's more common than that. It's good Ryan Daly. And Ryan says he thinks it's funny that Spidey's reaching for D's. I don't know what he's talking about. Like Captain D's? D's what? I don't know. DVDs? It's mm. probably DVDs. He's probably reaching for the DVDs. Probably. I hope he doesn't have any SDDs. Mm. Well, there's cream for that. Well, we can't <laughs> see what Kingpin's holding, so my original theory of Captain D's might work because he always likes to eat, you know, big guy. And they were by the water. Mm-hmm. So, in suffering. Could have been cod. (laughs) These nuts. Moving on. So thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. One more plug for the iTunes comments and reviews. We'd really appreciate it if you could do that. I just had an idea. So if we could do a challenge just to have folks go into iTunes and just give us five stars and just say doesn't suck. I want to see how many doesn't sucks we can <laughs> we can get. Hell, they can give us five stars and say it does very much suck. I don't know. <laughs> So we're going for the five-star doesn't suck challenge. I like the it. Five-star doesn't suck challenge. You don't have to write a big S. Just say doesn't suck. 
if you think it does suck, you know, just ignore this broadcast. <laughs> I don't know why you're listening. How did you get this far into the show? <laughs> it obviously doesn't suck. If you're this far into it. Yeah. Or there's yeah. something wrong with you. You, <laughs> you like to punish yourself. A little sadism. Or oh, man. I thought I was going to cut that out like I do most Jason stuff, but I think we'll keep that in. <laughs> well, I think with that, just want to say if we missed your name and you had to get on the list or a comment, please let us know and we'll try to get it in on the next show uh, because we did record this one a few days right after the last episode was released. So, But with that, that's going to be the show. Be sure to check out the website longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com where the post will be made for journaling this crusade. Want to give a big thanks to Jared, Jason, Delvin for joining me this episode. Guys, can you believe it? This is episode 21. We've done 21 episodes. Mm, blackjack. Wow. I can't believe it. I believe it. I believe in us too. Coming up on the big 25. I think I've listened to two or three of them. Uh, and Jared, Sorry. dad said we would never amount to anything. <laughs> I know. Look at us now, Pop. Look at us <laughs> who's, now. Who's laughing now? All right. Let's find out where people can find us on the internet if they want to continue the chat with us. Jason, where can they find you? You can find me as Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. And you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter. How about you, Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY1977. Pat. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can find me at your local Goodwill or Salvation Army. Thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the Crusade 2. Music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I N 99. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We make no money on this podcast, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. We are trying to clean up the show at one point, I think. Like I'm skyping through a tunnel. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I haven't said a word. <laughs> Not yet. I haven't given anything for Pat to bleep out. Spotted. Spotted. I like how Pat still, still bleeped it yes. out. Exactly. That's yes. Good. Sticking with his guns. <laughs>
I thought we had reached an agreement. But I was like, oh, you still believe, you believe me out in the outtakes. And had, in effect, become a human spider. A, a Spider Man. Stanley really presents the <laughs> amazing Spider Man. Spider Man. <laughs> you played my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to do it. Jason, Jason, and Delton did it for you. Yeah. Which I Stanley presents the amazing <laughs> Spider Man and his amazing friends. All right, now check out this sweet <laughs> picture I'm sending y'all. All right. Speaking about sweet. Anyway, back to the show. Speaking of My Little Pony, mm-hmm. let's get to the highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of My Little Pony, let's get to the yays and the nays. <laughs> oh, my. That was bad. <laughs> yes. That, that was, that Put was the bad. crack pipe down. <laughs> Did we leave the Saturday matinee theater safe open? <laughs> <laughs> I, got some, I brought some back with me. <laughs> Suckers. I wonder what song they were listening to with the light show. I don't know. Mm. It's the final countdown. <laughs> I think we're too early for that, man. <laughs> All of us, I went and clicked unmute, and it and I started talking. You guys still didn't hear me. I'm like, okay, click it again. Still didn't hear me. Click it again. Click it again. Click it again. Click it again. Uh, took me couple minutes to get that yeah, thing. For half a second, I was like, uh, this isn't funny. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, yeah. I know. I thought about it, and I, I, I was like, I'm going to give my comments, and then I'm going to check on my brother's safety, because, you know, priorities. <laughs> priorities, right, yeah. <laughs> Got to get the show done. The world has to know what I rated this book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was like, we will check on you later, but for now, we have to do it live. That's what she said. Speaking about what she that said, I'm trying to think of other color songs with colors in the title. And colors, it's just colors. Yeah, there that's the colors. one that popped into my head. Yeah. Oh, come on, I got one. Get colors. I got it. I mean, obvious one. And I see your truth. Oh, there you go. So don't be afraid to let them show your true colors. Two colors of Janice Cohen are shining through. Your art is beautiful, <laughs> like a like rainbow. A rainbow. <laughs> but you're no glitters, <laughs> but you're no glitters. Oh, all right, hold it now. It's my hold it now. It's my rhyme. <laughs> We're going to rate this a one through five. One is you hated it. Two, you didn't like it. Four, you liked it. Uh, wait, <laughs> I can't even count anymore. I'll wrap this issue. Cyclops, Wolverine, and the Nightcrawler went to the bar. And yo, they had dollars. Bartender tried to say last call. Uh-oh. Colossus say, let me show you my special fast ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Naughty, naughty Kool-Aid. <laughs> Death seed. Death seed. Death seed. <laughs> Oh, shit, it's Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a death siege. <laughs> oh, man. We made a show. We, we did it. A show. The light is green. The trap is clean. Mm-hmm. Two in the box. Ready to go. We be fast. <laughs> and and they be slow. Speaking of going. <laughs> Goodbye, Pat.